This is Pat Solver with the Doctor Ways In, and we're going to have a conversation today with Olga Ivanov, who is a board-certified and fellowship-trained breast surgeon at the Florida Breast Health Specialists uh, at, at Florida Breast Health Specialists, which is your your clinic. I I guess is that right, Olga? Uh, that is correct. It is my clinic in Orlando. Yes. Okay. Great. Uh, and she's also the medical director of the Comprehensive Breast Health Center at the Florida Celebration Hospital. And the reason why we wanted to talk to Olga is because she's really using state-of-the-art diagnostic tools and techniques for diagnosing, uh, staging, and treating most forms of breast cancer. And she has written an article for us, which will appear soon for the Dr. Ways In, thedrwaysin.com, on a new procedure called interoperative radiation therapy, or IORT. Uh, so, uh, Olga, um, what I thought we'd do is, first, I, I, I always ask people when they are using a specific product, as, as you are, for the IORT, um, to um, let us know whether you have any financial or other relationships with the company. That's not a, a, a deal killer, but it just helps our listeners to be able to put your comments in perspective. Uh, I am a consultant for Zoft, yes. Oh, you are a consultant for them. Okay, great. I am. So um, can you tell us about IORT, what it is exactly, how it's applied, and a little bit about the equipment that you're using in order to do this, and then we'll talk about whether it works or not. So when a woman undergoes surgery for breast cancer in the United States, it can be one of two procedures. It can be either mastectomy or lumpectomy. Mastectomy means we remove the entire breast and oftentimes reconstruct, and lumpectomy means we just remove the cancer from the breast and the goal of lumpectomy is obviously to leave the breast completely intact as we have found it, mainly sometimes, sometimes maybe better with some plastic surgery techniques. <clears throat> but the downside in a way of any lumpectomy, anytime, every time, is it has to be followed by radiation. The reason is without radiation, the chances of cancer coming back on average, if there is such a thing as average when it comes to breast cancer, is up to 40%. So 40% chance after a surgeon just removes the cancer from the breast that the cancer would come back within five years. What radiation does is decreases that number to about 5%, which is what mastectomy accomplishes. After mastectomy, the chance of cancer coming back in the breast is also about the same number, 4-5%. Um, so what is radiation then, right? Now that we know that every time we have lumpectomy, we have to have radiation. Radiation is typically <clears throat> a treatment that's done after the surgery. Um, it lasts only one minute, but every day a woman who can live up to 130 miles away from nearest radiation facility, which many women do in the United States, has to travel there to be radiated five days a week. It can be as short as three weeks, but not many centers in U.S. do that. Still, vast majority would radiate a woman six to seven weeks, so up to 33 times. And that's happening that's every that. day? Every day. Well, except for Saturday, Sunday. So obviously that takes a toll and a burden on everything and everyone, most, most importantly on the woman, but as you can imagine, it can take a toll on her employer, on her kids, on her husband. 
et cetera, et cetera. Um, what we could do, or what we rather do, not could do, but we do, in many cases, it's not for everyone, it's for women diagnosed with early stage breast cancer, stage one or stage two A, and there's got to be some other particular characteristics about this cancer, but on average, it's about up to a quarter, if not 30% of all comers with breast cancer in US. Instead of that painful process of every day for six weeks, we can completely cancel that out and deliver radiation at the time of surgery while the woman is still asleep. So instead of an hour procedure, it becomes just an hour and a half for the whole thing. And then she literally checks into the, in, to the hospital in the morning, gets this done, home for lunch, after a quick recovery in recovery room, and the next day, typically they go Christmas shop or, you know, do whatever they normally would do with minimal side effects, um, actually none, and I mean minimal recovery. So that's what intraoperative radiation does. It cancels out those painful six weeks of travel and radiation and delivers it all in a 10-minute procedure at the time of surgery while the patient is still under general anesthesia. Well, so Olga, can you can you describe exactly how it happens? I mean, you've done the get in a little bit into the surgical or <clears throat> radiological details. You've done the surgery. Now, what happens? It's kind of hard to describe it, you know, on stick figures. But basically, a patient is asleep. We check their lymph node, make sure that it's clean. We remove the cancer. <clears throat> we place a specialized device that actually looks like a balloon into the breast cavity. We temporarily actually close the breast over it, and then radiation oncologist is in the room. That's the physician, just like me. I'm a surgeon, obviously, but radiation oncologist is a physician that specializes in radiation oncology. So instead of the patient coming to the doctor, the doctor comes to the patient here, and they deliver the radiation dose, <clears throat> which with soft devices about, on average, 8 to 10 minutes. And then that device gets removed, and the lumpectomy cavity is irrigated and closed and an hour and a half from the beginning to the very end and we're done. And does it interfere this radiation with healing of the wound in any way? None whatsoever. As a matter of fact, we have we see much less side effects of this type of radiation because it's a localized treatment delivered to the area where cancer is most likely to come back. So I tell women when they're in recovery room, if I did not tell her that you got radiation, you would never know. You're not any more tender, red, swollen, painful, none of that. And as a matter of fact, we deliver less radiation to the healthy tissue, actually avoid all the healthy tissue from being radiated. And so there's definitely less side effects with this type of radiation. And the typical experience when women come for their six months, 12 months, and et cetera, et cetera, checkups, because I keep an eye on all my patients forever. Um, you can't even tell which breast had surgery or had radiation. Wow, it's pretty impressive. And, and so um, what about the other kind of clinical advantages? How, do we know, has this uh, therapy been around long enough that we know whether the outcomes are equivalent to um, Traditional radiation therapy, you said it, it, it reduces the risk of recurrence to about 5%. Is IORT in the same ballpark, or, or is it too early to say yet? Yeah, so actually, we do know, um, and the numbers are even, so the 5% is more of a traditional number would dictate the current series. Really, it's unacceptable to have, for us, a local recurrence rate greater than 2%. 
They're all in the ballpark of about 2% or below, which is recurrence rate locally at five years. And so what we do see with both types of radiation, there were two big trials done um, in the world. One was mostly in Europe and one was international with about half of the population from U.S. Um, with long-term follow-ups, five to 10 years, and very um, rand randomized trials, so two groups compared, and what we see is that whole burst radiation is absolutely equivalent to intraoperative radiation in terms of local recurrence in properly selected patients. So by all means, this is not a treatment for everyone. It's not a treatment for young girls. It's not a treatment for women with involved lymph nodes, but it definitely is a treatment and very good treatment, and I would say superior even treatment uh, in terms of convenience and ease and adherence to it um, and financial aspect of it um, for appropriately selected patients. So let's talk about a couple of things here. One is how widely available is this treatment? Is the company, and tell us the name of the company that makes the uh, equipment that you use, um, is, that, is that equipment available all throughout the U.S., or is it still kind of limited to specialized centers like the one that you practice in? So the company that I work with that, and that, whose device I use is called Zoft, X-O-F-T. This is not the only company that can deliver radiation. There's two other techniques. So there's a total of three horses in the race, right, who can deliver IORT, which is this treatment done within minutes. But having said that, if you were to ask me, out of all the women out there in the U.S. who get radiation therapy, what percentage is IORT? It would be a guess, but I think it would be an educated guess of under 10%. Vast majority of women are now treated still to this day with whole breast radiation. And, and why is that? Is that because the equipment's not, not widely available? Is that because doctors haven't been willing to adopt it or because insurers haven't been willing to pay for it? It's all the three that you listed. And the fourth one is unfortunately a financial aspect because um, in radiation oncology, the more fractions you deliver, the more um, you get to bill. You bill per fraction. And I think until we change the paradigm and start billing per value, per delivery of care, that bundle care, we will still see the resistance because this only pays for one fraction. To get to bill one fraction and get one fraction is not as financially enticing as billing for 33 fractions. So I'm just going to jump in here and say I just want to remind our listeners that this is one more compelling reason why we have to move away from paying for pieces, right? Paying for volume. The more I do, the more I make to paying for value. That is a good outcome, both um, the patient, including the patient experience, but also uh, including um, the actual uh, effect on whatever disease is being treated. So thank you, Olga, for, for reminding us about the problems that we have in our current payment system. So yes. let's talk a little bit about, um, you were involved um, in a recent study that looked at um, a, a number of things related to IORT. I believe it included patient satisfaction as well as cost effectiveness. Can you tell us about the study and tell us about the results? Yeah, so we basically reviewed retrospective data as to what would happen if in the United States we were to 
for appropriations for good candidates for it, implement um, IORT as opposed to more commonly used um, whole breast radiation. And we found two big interesting things. First of all, it definitely is cost effective. Um, and to put numbers on all of this, it saves roughly $10,000, $11,000 per patient. Um, so multiply that by, say, um, patients who would be appropriate, maybe 60,000 women per year in U.S. Um, you can do the math. It's a big, big number in the millions that we can save, over 600 million that we can save per patient per, uh, for every woman diagnosed with breast cancer. The other thing that, so yes, is it cost effective? Yes. But the other interesting thing that we're realizing is minimization of radiation therapy dose. So we deliver roughly um, one fourth the dose that we would deliver with whole breast radiation. To the, to the critical structures, heart, lungs, rib, et cetera, et cetera. So we definitely start seeing less side effects um, that are also costly, whether they're costly because women develop more contralateral breast cancer down the line, or they develop more heart attacks, or they're just getting more skin burn, and so that lessens their... Um, uh, th th it requires you know, longer days out of work, and even things like traveling somewhere 33 times um, or reducing their emotional stress. Like, imagine not being stressed at all from radiation, as in, like, you really never get to experience it because you sleep through it, versus being somewhere 33 times and sitting in some waiting room and waiting for your turn to come, and then you're all alone sitting on that hard table being radiated in the bunker. So in terms of even the patient experience itself, um, kind of jumps me into the next category, but it's basically a big cost to emotional aspect to financial aspect um, of experiencing radiation 33 times versus really sleeping through it for 10 minutes. Um, and, and in terms of the outcome from the patient satisfaction, I mean, seriously, it's a day and night. You really don't need a study on that, but <laughs> we've made one of women being satisfied with their care and being asleep through it versus experience it, experience it every day. Well, <clears throat> it's a very interesting study, and I think we'll close here with two last questions um, that have to do with why we haven't had more uptake of this, because it does really sound like a huge advance for women who meet the uh, qualifications to get this therapy. Uh, and so one question for you is how are the oncologist, not the radiation oncologist, but the general oncologists who are taking care of breast cancer patients, how are they um, responding to this new treatment? Are they enthusiastic? Are they ignoring it? Are they um, skeptical? What, what, what's your overall opinion? For example, has this been presented at ASCO, which is a big meeting where all the oncologists go? And if so, what was the response? Well, honestly, um, oncologists really deal with more of a medical management of breast cancer. So their big thing is do we give them chemo or not? So they typically do not weigh in in a medical oncology strict um, definition of oncologists. They have very little input into how I treat the breast cancer locally. It's like, you know, an oncologist would not tell me, a surgeon, which 
suture to use to close my wounds, right? So it's not their area of expertise. And it all depends also on where they meet the patient in their journey, you know? So they, I don't want to say they don't care, but it's not their cup of tea to weigh in on it or not. The big battle is really with the surgeons who are more than embracing this. They're the pioneers. They're the ones that are driving and saying, I want to have this for my patient because they deserve it. Um, and the radiation oncologists who typically tend to be a skeptical bunch and their big thing is I need data. So you present them three-year data, they say need I need five years. You present them five years, they need they say 10 years. You present them 10 years, they say I need 20. And it goes on and on and on and on. So bottom line is they don't want to do something. They will find 100 reasons not to and, some, and most of the time trying to justify that we ain't got no data, you know which is really most of the time is just an excuse because with this particular technology, there's ample amounts of randomized gold standard um, trials. So oncologists, not their cup of tea, so they wouldn't weigh in typically. They really don't take sides. Surgeons are on board, but it's something new. Not every surgeon can take time off and travel and learn. And it, it is a newer technique. So it requires a little bit of a change of what you do. It's not just as easy as, you know, drinking from a new cup every day. Um, it's, it's something new to learn. So that requires effort and time to put in. And we're all very busy every day with what we do. So, um, and radiation oncologists depends on the, on, on, on the type, but on average do resist. And they're saying justification is they just don't have enough data. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's too bad. But <clears throat> you know, the insurers and the patients who are paying a lot out of pocket now um, should be able to have a say in this. Um, have they been weighing in, or or are they not there yet? I think mostly they're just not there yet. Um, the insurance that is, and that's because again, lack of education, or depends on who is more in their ear. Ah, okay. So a lot of work to be done. It sounds very promising. Um, I really want to thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to help um, people understand this option for treatment, uh, interoperative radiation therapy for early stage breast cancer. And um, I want to congratulate you on the study that you just published. So thank you very much. Thanks, Pat. Pleasure being with you.